It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's Monday, and that can mean many things. One of which is there's a new Luke and Pete show to listen to. Hello, I'm Pete Donaldson. I'm joined by Luke Miller. All right, everyone. How's it going? Going all right. Oh, yeah. you're asking me or the listener? Uh, everybody, but the listeners can't speak or talk back at me. I speak on behalf of them, yes. and they've told me to tell you to buck up your bloody ideas. <laughs> no way. No way, Jose. No way. My ideas are not to be bucked. It's funny. This since... lady is not for bucking, since... <laughs> which was actually a euphemism for um, sex back in, uh, back in school days. In the northeast, bucking. I thought I booked her. That's a, it's a miss her. It's a, a miss. That's blowjaw all over again. Blowjaw. <laughs> um, uh, since we've been doing this show, Pete, uh, Mondays have been like a dream for me. A dream. Yeah. Life is but a dream. A wonderful what, hanging dream. out with me. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I don't mind it. I mean, we frequently record on a Thursday, but you know, <laughs> wherever we we fit it in wherever we can. Exactly. Um, to me, it's exhilarating spending time with you because you never know what you're going to get. I just told you an off-air um, dream. That yeah, I about trained, Gibbons. I trained a Gibbon to say I love you to Jamal Lascelles and Robert Elliott, the goalkeeper and defender, inversely, respectively. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. United. Uh, and uh, he didn't say the little Gibbon that I had. Oh, he was so lovely, though. You know, you've, what was you've his had name? a lovely, like, people have lovely dreams about, I don't know. Their family being happy and you know yeah. things have amazing things happening. I but I'd be happy that. with a gibbon. I'd be happy, I was just carrying this gibbon around and I was to, and I'd basically train it to go. I love you. Yeah, I love you, but not like you know, like a dog. You know when people train their dogs to go. I love you. Yeah, but then this was this was doing it properly. It was going. I love you. There can be no mistake <laughs> what this gibbon is saying. What this gibbon is articulating. And I wanted him to say I love you to Jamal Sells and Rob Elliott, but um, he was having none of it, and I was yeah. furious with the little shit. Um, did the gibbon have a name? No, no, no. I think it might be wearing a nappy though, because there was a, a given that used to wear a nappy in the zoo. He used to work in because um, gibbons are understudied, aren't they? They are understudies and misunderstood. Yeah, because they're the lesser apes and they're not as sexy as gorillas. So they, they, people don't necessarily do a lot of studies about them. But I think they're bloody brilliant. I think they're bloody lovely. Bloody um, lovely little sods. It's about the time of the show. A couple of minutes in, where I bring everyone up to speed with what we were talking about the previous week, in case it's escaped your memory. Mm. I know it's definitely escaped your memory, Pete. And before I do that very, very quickly, when I say, oh, you never know what you're going to get with Pete, and that's why it's exhilarating being his friend and working with him. When I mean, you could get, he could walk in and give you a story about a dream about a gibbon, but he could come in and have an almighty tantrum about something you never really ever considered that was even on his radar. Right. I'm talking about you. Right. Yeah. Is that fair? Uh, yeah, I yeah. guess so. Yeah. What, what do you mean? Why would I be angry about something in particular? I'm not generally an angry man. I mean, 
Because we work together, I get angry at you a lot. You're explosive. You are very explosive. It's like Hades Comet. Emotional. It doesn't come along very often, but when it does, it's bloody beautiful. I think I'm very much like... I'm very. I'm a raw borealis. Yeah, is that right? Container in um, your kitchen. Last Skinner. week. <laughs> last week, um, we talked about Naples. We talked about Pete having bare feet in the studio. We talked about uh, Turkmenistan's daughter Helen, how not to find it. Um, we talked about Easter sausages. <laughs> <laughs> Duncan Bantine. More on him later. Uh, eggs. Craig Charles and a men Carter about a man who had a proton beam fired through his head and I've, survived. I've noticed that uh, you've actually got your shoes off as we speak. I have, but I'm wearing socks. Yeah, but those shoes. Are they, you've got a pair of trainers that got your name, got your name on them. Have you yeah. also got your name on those as well? In the shoes. L M C. L A M and K M C. K M C. What's K M C? My wife's initials. Oh, that's nice. Oh yeah, it's backfired, isn't it, Donaldson? Yeah, he's yeah, backfired that, isn't it? They're the, they're the books but... you kick her with. <laughs> <laughs> that is un- unacceptable. <laughs> For goodness sake. For goodness sake. Um, people are using um, hello at lukeandpeteshow.com to get in touch with us and involve themselves in the show. Something mm. we endorse. Yes. Something else that's been happening is that there's been a developing trend amongst our listenership. Um, to sign up hello at lukeandpeetshow.com to all manner of things. Mm. Um, this week we've had Gatwick Airport Wi-Fi. Mm. That could have been you, Pete, because we were at Gatwick Airport yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Chilton Railways, that definitely wasn't you. No. Um, brother, which I think is some sort of men's lifestyle website. Brother! Well, unless that is the real brother getting in touch. Yes, we are interested in a sponsorship. Uh, map My Run as well. Um, if you are going to do you're, this... You're a Map My Run kind of guy, aren't you? I used to use it, but now I use Strava, so I don't Strava. need to. Strava. If you are going to do this... Do make it somewhere original. We don't need to see another load of East Coast mainline Wi-Fi no. or Starbucks. Starbucks was one, wasn't it? We don't Hardcore need Starbucks. pornography, please. No, not that no. either. Um, Pete, what do, you, what do you think about um, What do you think about that? What do you know about any of these things? Chiltern Railways? Hardcore pornography. No. <laughs> Loads. Chiltern Railways? Uh, I don't... I, there was a Chiltern FM, which I think were owned by the Capital um, Company, uh, and I was always fascinated as to what they were all about. <laughs> Chilton, the Chilterns is an area of the country. Mm. Um, yeah, it's not far away from here, here is it? It's like... Uh, it's out in, near uh, Hertfordshire and Buckinghamshire, I think. Yeah. It's an area of outstanding natural beauty. Mm. Uh, and like, the Wi-Fi I heard is first rate on the <laughs> railway uh, station. So, uh, the railway network. So, anyway, hello at lukeandpeacher.com to get involved in any of this foul jamboree. Pete, what's been floating your boat this week? Um... Well, we got up really early today to do a football ramble because Max had to go to the doctors. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, podcast so, crossover podcast alert. Podcast crossover alert. Um, but yeah, and, and so I'm a little bit sleepy. I've not really done... What did I do over the weekend? I had a lovely Saturday. I hung out nice weather, a, wasn't it? hung out with a friend. It was lovely. I played a bit of football and I walked from Lambeth uh, all the way home, really. You're nice. in Lambeth. You could have come to my house. No, I was playing football. Fair busy, enough. Busy playing football. But Where were you playing football day. specifically? Some park. I did that app thing. The great oh, thing about those, that, yeah. the, the, the great thing about those apps is that um, nobody's good enough to have their own team, so they're always a bit shit. And mm. that I fit in beautifully there. And uh, and you always like see interesting characters. There was a football ramble um, listener who who I played football with. He was he was he was playing, and uh, also there was this uh, Brazilian guy who kept on doing like bicycle kicks and stuff. He was amazing. Was he actually good? He was. Yeah, he was. I mean, if you can execute a bicycle kick, you're pretty good. I think. Like if you're, you know. That's, if you're, if you're was, bald enough. Yeah, that was some of the commentary I heard when Ronaldo did it. If you can execute <laughs> that, you are pretty good. Nine aside. It was lovely on Saturday, wasn't it? It was beautiful. It I, was walked, I walked across, I noticed the Big Ben's, um, they pulled, the, they pulled the, um, the arms off, they pulled the, the legs off uh, Big Ben. Yes, they, they, they have. Clean, they're cleaning it up, aren't they? They have, yeah, they've got to do that at some point. You was telling me that that, that Big Ben uh, and the Houses of Commons um, and the House of Lords are, it, it's just ruinous. 
it's just absolutely ruinous and nobody wants to uh no government wants to put their hands in their pockets because it would be seen as um uh, basically, it's subsiding and uh, it might fall down at any moment, but uh, no government wants to put uh, the amount of money that needs to be spent on it like in the millions of billions of pounds um, because they, yeah. they don't want to be seen as uh, well, you know, spending money on themselves effectively. There's talk of, there's talk of, um, of um, either moving it out of London entirely, right. moving it to the, I think possibly to the Midlands to make it a little bit more sort of egalitarian for yeah. everyone living in the UK. And there's also talk that it will cost in the billions to refurbish it because mm. it's so old. I, I, I personally think it would be a shame to move it because it's so historic. Mm. I mean, I, I, I am so, I've been to, I've walked around the House of Commons. It's a fascinating place and yeah. the history there is unbelievable. There is no reason why they couldn't maintain that particular situation. I think. Well, I don't want to they spend the spend, money, Donny. They spend money all, they spend money on all kinds of nonsense. Listen, if you were in charge of the purse strings, my man, it Whoa. would be it would be absolutely ruinous. We would not be giving money to pro-abortionist Irish groups, let's say. They're not pro-abortionist, are they? Pro-life. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Anti-abortionist. Yeah, and, that's why, and that's another reason why you wouldn't be in charge. <laughs> I've given all the money to pro-abortionists. <laughs> my assembled honourable ladies and gentlemen, I appear to have misspoke <laughs> in my keynote speech last I've week. I've given all the money to the non-psychotic groups and I meant to give it to the psychotic ones. I was quite drunk. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lovely day on Saturday. <laughs> Didn't somebody send in an email to Luke and Pete, you're like a really mad one, and then about two hours later they went, Sorry, I don't know what that was about. I was very drunk. Yeah, there was an email coming, basically, I think, slagging us off. Right. And then 12 hours later, another email came in, presumably the next morning, saying, yeah, I was a bit drunk. Like that. <laughs> oh, God. When I get drunk, I get really sort of like, hey, everyone. Like, if I see anyone on Facebook Messenger and I've not spoken to them for ages, I go, all right, Steve, what's going on? <laughs> oh, your kids are cute. Wicked. Oh, God. And I've not spoken to them for ages. Yeah. And then and the next morning, I'm like, who the fuck? There's a lot of reasons why you won't be in charge of the uh, the refurbishment of the House of Commons and the House of Lords. Slides, but a lot of slides. a few of them there. There'd be Gibbons in there. Auntie Castle. Wouldn't there? Oh, yes. Imagine Gibbons in the House Yeah. few, yeah, we've already got them, yeah. The House recognises, yeah, oh, satire. Satire. The House recognises uh, the Honourable Member for the Chilterns. <laughs> they actually sound like bloody car alarms. Bloody Do they, Gibbons? They're very loud. So like. is, that another, is, that another, is that another wrong stereotype by me? Uh, well, I mean that, the ooh ooh ah ah is very much a monkey slash um, chimpanzee noise. More of a chimpanzee, sorry. That's a chimp, isn't it? Yeah, that's a chimp with Sounds a like with a play is. face. It's hard for me to know, but you, I've not I've not done serious time in a in a in a, in a, in a, in a primate enclosure at the zoo, so that's I'll have to defer to you. This on is that. so. This is if they're angry like that when they look like they're smiling. That's, yeah, that's angry. Showing their teeth, right? That's, that's when they're when they're having fun. <laughs> Yeah, that's when they're happy. It doesn't make you happy. Do one. Yeah, it See, does. You can't yeah. be sad when you're doing oars. No, that is very true. <laughs> and if you've learned nothing else from the laps, mm. <sighs> let's go. To a, let's go to a um, a break because I genuinely have misplaced all the emails and I can't find any of them. Well done. Cheers. That's something I do. Yeah. Oh wow. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Oh. 
Okay, Luke, don't gunge me, mate. Pipe down, Pete. I told you never to argue with the customers. Don't misplace the emails, mate. While you're looking for the emails, shall I give you one of mine? One of my collections. Found him. I saved it for some reason. I oh. saved it in the uh, in the in the Max uh, Pages software. Oh, I've never done that before. Who even uses Pages? I sent someone an invoice for some work I did with Pages, and then didn't realise. I was like, "Oh, sorry." Do they pay? Do they pay up? Uh, I've still not converted it to a doc format so yeah. that they can use it. Oh, really? Um, I've, 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 do you know what I like to do? I like to put the um, the titles of the emails, hello at lukeandpeacher.com to get in touch. You guys are the engine room of this show, of course. Very much. We like telling all your stories. Well, not all of them, some of them. I don't particularly like telling some of them. And I like to give uh, headlines um, so so I know what, what to expect when I've yep. read through them in advance. Um, for the, the one I think you're going to read, is it from Callum? Uh, I was going to start with Callum. Yeah, yeah, I thought you might do. I've I've just to give you an idea of what what I feel about this. I've headlined this particular email a depressing domestic tale. Oh, why? Well, you're about to find out. That's not wrong with this, Callum. Uh, good evening, lads. Just listening to the show, episode fifty three. I'm glad to see that the numbering system has kind of caught on and people know how to reference things. I'm sure, you working out. I had a nightmare um, today. I've named a couple of them wrong. Oh, it took me ages to work out what I've Luke done. So we're not naming. We're not. We'll, we'll we'll number them on the place where people download them, mm. but I'm not talking about the numbers on the show. You're obsessed with them. It's your favourite thing to do. You always tell me, yeah. oh, this is going to be episode 54, 55, 56. And I'm like, Luke, you may as well be talking to a given, mate. I this, don't care. This is why I'm doing it. And just to give people an insight, <laughs> the reason I've done that is because doing this show with you is like being in the middle of a massive storm. And I need to grab hold of something solid that's not going to move so I know where I am. You I know which your, way I'm facing. you your own weird labyrinth for no reason. Um, I'm never evening, lads. Out. I'm just listening to the show, episode 53. Uh, and the woman who emailed in about her bare naked ladies are being Canadian, or the bare naked ladies being Her Canadian. bare naked ladies. My bare naked ladies. Yeah. <laughs> They're in the roof. Uh, during this email, you presume that her and her husband shared a remote. In most cases, this should be normal. A more than fair presumption. <laughs> a more than fair, fair presumption sounds like a, a whimsical Dickens tale. Agatha Christie's a more than, than fair, fair presumption. <laughs> yeah, that's probably more accurate. However, in my case, it is not a more than fair presumption. Uh, my girlfriend and I live with her parents, and the house is generally rather busy, so we spent a significant amount of time in our room. Uh, my girlfriend is a massive gaming geek, whilst the only game I ever touch is Football Manager, and uh, will try and watch any kind of sporting event at any opportunity apart from motor racing, but that isn't sport. Let's well, not, not open that kind of worms. Strong. I saw an F1 driver drinking champagne out of his shoe. Is that a new thing? Wow. Is that like a kind of laddie thing that they started? And it's like, oh, it's Steve's first shoey of the F1 season. Is that what they said? Yeah, they call it shoey. I've never heard of that before. No, no, no. no. I'm yeah. not, I, would, I would know less than nothing about Formula 1, though. No. I mean, you'd spend most of your time out of your shoes, so that your shoes probably don't stink at all. Yeah. Uh, to accommodate my session with sport in general, we purchased a second TV. This is now essentially my TV with its own remote. Toshiba Batteries. And she has her TV and her remote, Duracell. So I can watch sport until my, uh, until my heart's content while she can game in peace. I mean, you might as well not be together. That's what's depressing. No, she's sat there that. with headphones on, gaming. You're watching what you want to watch on TV. You're basically cohabiting. Did she say for... kind of like she have um, headphones on? Well, I mean, she's going to be, isn't she? Why? Surely it's a full, full multimedia experience these days, isn't it? Yeah, you can get away with it. Can you? Unless you're playing PUBG and you're listening for footsteps in the house. That's what I'm saying. You, yeah. If someone creeps up behind you, puts a bullet in your dome. Yeah. Because you, you didn't hear them coming. And that's, a, that's just in the spot he's watching. <laughs> exactly. I just find that, listen, with the greatest respect to Callum, it works for them. And who am I to judge another relationship? No one at all. But we don't even have a TV in our bedroom where, where I live. Oh, you like one of those people at school who used to, who would spend all of their time trying to 
coerce a conversation into talking about TV so they go I haven't, actually, got, I I haven't got TV no, I watch loads I've of TV loads. <laughs> anyone who listens to this show will know I watch a huge amount of television but not in the bedroom not just, in the bedroom just get a laptop out <laughs> <laughs> love making only no it's the room for love making uh, thank you Callum for your depressing uh, I don't think it's depressing I think it's cool yes, well, thanks and, for also, the and also it subverts the uh, male female kind of normal um, gamer Slash sports fan. And that's why you um, like it, because yeah, you like, like to it. upset the apple cart. Yeah. In the, in, and, and, and take people out of the pigeonholes we've put them in. Exactly. Um, and, and hello at lukeandpeacher.com if you want get, to get in touch, because if you're new to the show, some of the emails literally are as mundane as that. <laughs> well, I've told you, like, my mum and dad have their own um, little headphones, don't they? they How is Stuart getting headphones. on? Yeah, fine. He's going to come down and stay in my house by himself for a, a week while I'm away but uh, he's not doing that now for some reason right and why have your why have your parents got separate wireless headphones because they're fucking weirdos Luke right yeah. well, how does it, How does that what purpose does that serve though because if they're watching the same thing on TV then well sometimes they're watching the same thing sometimes they're watching different things my mum's TV is upstairs in the in the bedroom and my dad's is uh, downstairs and it's the main telly and they just oh, oh, the hierarchy is your dad gets the main TV well no he, I mean he doesn't but he but he uh, he you know he shoves himself in front of it a lot quicker than my mum so He's up early, obviously. So. Yeah, he's up at one. Yeah, exactly. so, so that's that is uh, that will always be incredible to me and everyone listening at home. I'm sure he's on Japan time. Yeah, he is. That's why he should go to Japan. I know you. that would make for such good uh, storytelling. I know, right? Anyway, let's do another email. This one's from Pete, not you. Uh, it's from Pete, not the Pete, not the Pete. Um, and it, Pete says, "Hello, Luke and Pete, uh, long time listener, first time emailer." As they say, um, I don't know why people do say that. By the way, what it doesn't really matter if it's your first time email or not. I just, you know. Well, no, I think they're sort of going... I've been inspired I've, to get in I've touch. I've been inspired, yeah. I'm yeah. Biding, I've bided my time. Cool. He says, I'm sure biding me time. Yeah, I've been meaning to add to your school outings theme for ages now, but I've finally gotten around to it as a server malfunction at work has rendered us useless. <laughs> uh, how's he sending an email if there's no server, Pete? It's a different server. Must be. Um, always, always isolate your servers. Um, Massively. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Sort of. Air gap. Um, Anyway, so we talked about school outings specifically in the area of Stubbington Study Centre um, a while ago, but I suppose it's always fine to, to join in at a, a later stage. And Pete goes on to say, well, in our last year of primary school, we were finally deemed mature enough to be taken out on proper trips, the most memorable of which was to Edinburgh attraction, the Camera Obscura. Have you been there, Pete? Uh, no, it's but great. I, I steal a lot of Luke and Beach stories from the website Atlas Obscura. Oh, okay, right. There's yeah. the link. Okay, so yeah. they, they, you've let people website. behind the curtain there. Well... Um, showing people how the frozen sausage was made. Uh, Camera Obscura is great. I've been there. It's, it's, it's fantastic in Edinburgh. So I'm not sure if you've ever been. I have, but it's a rather odd little museum house in the historic tower at the top of the Royal Mile. Um, you wind your way up, interacting with lots of different optical illusions and interesting light-slash-photography exhibits, with the Pièce de Résistance being a great view out over the city centre from the rooftop ramparts. Once we, have made it to, once we had made it to the top, one of my mates spotted a beautifully bold man walking below <laughs> and decided it would be hilarious to try and land some spittle on his chrome dome. Now that... Is unacceptable behaviour. Disgusting. Whatever your age. Mm. Um, a few of us had a crack at it, and amazingly, one globule hit the target perfectly. Cue much annoyance and shouting from the bloke below, which alerted our teachers to the incident. I would like these people to be punished to the full extent of the law. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you. Um, as we wouldn't give up the culprit within our gang. Oh, you're ours. Oh, Kimura. In the Kimura yeah. or something. All yeah. together. Yeah. Um, our whole class was banned from further trips. No biggie, we thought until it was revealed that the next outing would be to our local dry ski slope for a record-breakers taping where someone would attempt to ski as fast as possible. 
Now that is something you've that, missed out big time. There. Well, they should. What really, a nineties trip! <laughs> <laughs> they shouldn't really have um, prevented the children from seeing a record breaker because you know where's your aspirations going to come from? Yeah, apparently the record breaker crashed spectacularly, and of course we missed out on meeting Chris Akabusi and hearing the Awuga in person. Well, wow. Akabusi never did the Awuga. That was that was John Fashanu. Yeah, incorrect. John Fashanu. There's did a lot the of there's Awuga. a lot of there's a, there is a lot of. Did, he had something else, didn't he, um, Akabusi, the Boosie man? I think he did, all right, all right. All right. That was his that, thing. That was just a speech impediment. <laughs> yeah, but Awuga was not Akabusi. No. It was not Akabusi. No. Um, anyway, classmate says, uh, he says his classmate still held a grudge against the spitters to this day. Um, Pete doesn't admit to being the spitter. I think he probably was, given the, given the way he tells the tale. Yeah, name um, and shame, Pete. But Chris Akabusi came to my school once to do a talk about achievement. Did I tell you that? <laughs> Did he? Yeah, he, he went really gaudy for a while, Akabusi. All right, okay. Uh, and he, he spent half the time talking about his faith and all that kind of stuff. I'm not sure if he still is a man of faith, um, but he came to our uh, came to our school, which was very exciting because he was like an Olympic athlete. Yeah. And and when you come from a school which feels like it's in the arse and the nowhere, it's quite exciting. There was a Roger Black was from my town as well. Um, I don't know why he didn't come in. Steve Cram, would he have been from the northeast? Mm-hmm. He is indeed, yeah. Yeah, he is. He's from yeah. South Shields, I think. Well, he used to run across our um, field every now and again, our school field. And I was like, That's, uh, I think that might be Steve Cram, you know. Mm. All right, kids, just going for a run because I am very much a runner. Did, you, did, he, did anyone famous come into your school? Um, Ridley Scott? The, I always tell my tale of the first uh, black person I ever met was Tessa Sanderson. All right, yeah. And that was like 14 or something. That's how white uh, Hartlepool is. Did you not also... Jeremy Beadle. What? Jeremy Beadle popped in. And every time... Beadle um, came into your school. Beadle! Yeah, every time... Because uh, it, it was quite a good school. Everybody um, that came in uh, would have an oil painting painted of them uh, by one of the art teachers, Mr. Carlos. Incredible artist. As is mm. his son, actually. He does um, a lot of art for the Hartlepool United um, Supporters Trust and stuff. And, um, yeah, so Mr. Carlos would paint all the people. So we had, like, these really amazing oil paintings of, like, Jeremy Beadle, Tessa Sanderson. Who's that disgraced uh, MP uh, who was really fat? Um, oh, what, 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 uh, Cecil, Cecil... Cecil... Cecil Smith. Cecil Smith. Yeah. Cecil Smith, uh, who had to have two chairs to sit down on. God, he was big. Uh, yeah, and, big and, and, so, and, and so in, in our kind of, like, main bit, we'd have... Uh, the requisite pop picture, oil painting, and then next to him would be Jeremy Beadle and Tessa Sanderson and uh, Cyril Smith. So why was this happening? Uh, just get, they'd come in for like the uh, the achievement day where you'd sort of hand out. Um, I got my English award there. I went oh, well done for being good at English, Pete. Did you thanks, really? Thanks, Tessa. But so these people aren't people from the area. They've just been persuaded to come in. Yeah, exactly. Right. Okay. Yeah. So Steve Cram Possib- probably would have been for down money. the road. You could. They might. People might who, who go to school up there now might have had Cheryl Cheryl Cole or something. <laughs> Maybe there's an oil painting of Cheryl Cheryl uh, Crow. Cheryl Crow. Cheryl Cole. She just walk in and go stay true to yourself, pet. Why are you, man? Why yeah, exactly. Mm. All right, good. We got another email, Peter. All right then, David. Let's not do David. That's a rude one. Um, <laughs> That's Jimmy. not like you. No, I know. It's just. It's uh, Jimmy, Williamsburg, Virginia, USA. I've been a big fan of the show since episode one and a universal electronics battery user. Showing oh, off, Jimmy, yeah. showing off. I wanted to bring your attention to an event that happened on my side of the pond that I believe would catch your interest. I present to you the Kentucky Meat Shower, which is a DVD I think I once owned. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> no, this is not some sort of hillbilly hazing ritual or an act conducted within the walls of one's bedroom. Uh, rather, it is an event uh, occurring on March the 3rd, 1876, where flakes 
of red meat up to 10 centimetres square appear to be falling from the sky within the town of Rankin, Kentucky. To quote the Wikipedia article on the event, the meat appeared to be beef, but according to the first report in Scientific American, two gentlemen who tested it judged it to be mutton or venison. I love that. The, sci- the scientists, the first thing they're doing, well, I'm tasting it. Yeah, put it in your mouth. Hang on a minute. No, this could be anything. I'm tasting it. <laughs> That's how all science works. It could be alien flesh. Is the batch of hydrochloric acid ready yet? I don't know. Let me just pop it in my mouth. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, the BF Ellington, a local hunter, identified it as bear meat. Further analysis by the Newark Scientific Association uh, seemed to identify the meat as lung tissue from either a horse or even from a human infant. Enjoy your meal, gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, while the Kentucky locals preferred the explanation that the substance was the re- result of multiple buzzards vomiting as part of a defense mechanism, uh, the more likely conclusion is that the substance was not actually meat at all, but rather nostoc, which is a cyanobacteria uh, that swells into a gelled mass when it comes into contact with water. None of these options <laughs> are particularly palatable. No. From fucking horse lung to human <laughs> infants to fucking venison coming from the sky... Cyanobacteria. I like. Is um, possibly even worse. I like that. Also, the um, I did look into this, and I'll give you a bit more information in a minute. But I like the scientists going, "Yeah, that's horse lung. That that's horse Tasting lung." Tasting going, "Yeah, that's horse, horse lung. lung." What have you been doing, Steve? Yeah. How do you know? How do you spend your weekends? And more, more importantly, what the fuck's happened to my horse? <laughs> um, cyanobacteria and nor nostoc is essentially like an algae, apparently, yeah. like an algae you get on on ponds and stuff, but. Based on a little bit of, um, it's a great email from Jimmy. It's exactly the sort of stuff I mean, we that, love. That is more likely, isn't it? Well, really? I mean, funnily enough, apparently it's very common for buzzards to vomit quite um, prolifically as soon as they appear to be in danger because their their defence mechanism essentially extends to get rid of it, all the excess weight you need so you can fly off as quick as you can. Ah. So I think if there's a group of, I don't know if buzzards sort of move in in packs or what even the collective noun is for a buzzard, but if there's a load of them knocking about, um, to me. Given that it was so long ago, it seems like it might be might be that. Might be the buzz buzz. I once, um, interestingly enough, I I was um, in the car with my father-in-law uh, in New England. Pulled, we reversed out of the uh, driveway, started to drive off, and I looked in the rearview mirror, and I was like, what is that? And uh, we stopped the car, looked around, and there was a massive buzzard uh, tucking into a bit of roadkill. Lovely. And you know, and you know, of Bad course, hard. it's one of those things that to Americans, it doesn't really mean much, but you never see birds like that in the UK. No, God so, no. So you'll see, like a, you'll see like a hawk at the side of a motorway or something hovering, mm. which looks great. But they are massive, those, yeah, birds, yeah. those birds of prey. Oh, it's incredible. Absolutely massive. Thanks for that, Jimmy. You wouldn't have thought, like, well, that bird's so big, how does it get so much food and where does it live? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, quite. it's obvious where it lives and it's obvious where they get the food, but still. Do you remember when we talked about... Um, Sounds like a hard life. I think, I think the bird, funnily enough, and it is entertaining. The, the heaviest bird that can fly in the UK, I think, is called the Great Busted, isn't it? Right. And uh, But do you remember a number of months ago, Pete, we did this thing about dragons and whether they could feasibly fly under the laws of physics and stuff, mm. and it was impossible because they're so heavy. Right. I'd love to know what, in theory, is the heaviest ma- animal that could fly. What, like as in... Um, Stick a, a pair of wings pig. on it and watch it go. But, I mean, it's all about wingspan, isn't it? Like, it's all about how big the wings are. It's just power it? to weight, I think. Yeah. Power to weight ratio. So just make bigger wings. Um, like, how big would a pig's wings be? You know what I mean? Like, How big would a pig's wings be pig's, if a pig's yeah. wings, wings could pig? Exactly. Um, so speaking of having an email from a chap called Pete, we've also got an email from a chap called Luke. Okay. Not the Luke, just Luke. Uh, this is an email about uh, earliest uh, remembered memory. Mm. It's quite... Um, I mean, if we had a qualified psychologist 
psychologist or psychiatrist in, in the studio. <laughs> they would have a field day with this. But Luke from oh. Frisco, Colorado, you've emailed it in. It's going to be read out. Um, he starts off by saying no batteries to report, which is poor. Uh, he says, my earliest remembered memory, I'm standing in front of my mother, tugging on her shirt, asking to be breastfed. <laughs> she says, no, you're too old for that now, and I walk away forlorn. To be clear, I have no memory of ever breastfeeding, only of being told no by my dear old mum. Feel free to psychoanalyze the shit out of this. Um, from Luke in Frisco, mm. Colorado. Wow. Um, do you want to get into that or not? What? Um <laughs> Frisco, Colorado is known best for its barbecue challenge as well, apparently. Oh, where's that? I'm going uh, to uh, Colorado Springs next week. Are you really? This week. I'm going to Denver and I'm driving through Colorado Springs. I say I'm driving. Someone else is driving. <laughs> yeah, because you can't drive. <laughs> uh, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't mind if you just drove down those roads in America. They wouldn't care. Um, apparently, well, the Frisco, Colorado barbecue challenge doesn't happen until June, so you're going to miss out. But no. 70 barbecuers compete for a variety of awards. In the following categories, Pete, including pork, ribs, chicken, brisket, anything goes, barbecue sauce. <laughs> anything goes. It's horse long again. Side, <laughs> side dish. Sakura niku. Side dish, salsa and dessert. Uh, mm. Anything goes last uh, side year. Side dish. Who's winning with a fucking potato salad? Yeah. Get out. Yeah, no, don't be bringing that to the party. Eat the burnt burnt ends or whatever you call them. Yeah. Nice. Anything goes. What do you reckon won in anything goes category last year? Anything goes. Um, pig toenails. Correct. What? <laughs> I don't know, I haven't checked, but it could be anything. It's anything goes, mate. Yeah. Thanks for that, Luke. Yep, yeah, you're deviant. <laughs> yeah. It's good, you know, it's a good, good chat, Blaine. Um, uh, Dan Ray Wainwright. Hello, Dan Wainwright. Um, <laughs> uh, morning, chaps. You started to share a random internet discovery courtesy of the new scientist. A Japanese psychologist, uh, Shigeru Watanabe, has uh, led a study to see if animals can understand the human concept of beauty. Basically, uh, Shigeru, uh, Shigeru-san, or Watanabe-san, uh, trained four birds on loan from the Japanese Society for Racing Pigeons to appreciate children's art by linking correct assessments of paintings with food. Works deemed good had earned uh, A's in art class, while bad paintings garnered C's or D's. Watanabe also um, put the paintings to a jury of ten adults, and the pigeon viewed only works unanimously declared good or bad by the panel. As you'll read from the admittedly short article, the study succeeded with pigeons, uh, but only to a certain degree. Nonetheless, this is a pretty impressive achievement for an animal that is basically an idiot. Thank you for that, Dan Wayne. Right, pigeons yeah. know what's good and what's bad. I looked into this, and um, it's quite quite an interesting idea, isn't it? Mm. Um, I, also, I also, it also struck me that if you're an art teacher and you're basically, you're basically like giving out grades for pieces of art, yeah, in many ways, that's like the most brutal job a of a teacher you, oh what yeah because okay. because art teachers are sort of thought of as being like quite airy fairy and mm. you know and, oh yeah yeah flouncing around whatever and yet they have to deliver like brutal assessments of your quite hard work creative mind yeah it's not like oh if you did the essay better you should have framed it like this and well, this. the aforementioned mr carlos we used to have to do um self-portraits or kind of foot portraits of you'd sit in front of um your work partner and you draw each other basically mm. uh, a bit or, or, or do sketches and um People who weren't very good at art would just ask Mr. Carlos for some help. But Mr. Carlos, being an artist, he loves fucking drawing. So, so he would draw. It. So he would draw these wonderful uh, pictures of uh, of the of the work partner, and then they all go on the wall. And mine would look pretty ropey because I'd done it myself. <laughs> but everyone else's would look absolutely picture perfect. They look just like I mean, the people. He shouldn't be doing that. No, he shouldn't be. He doing sounds that. like a lovely fella, but he should not be doing that. <laughs> he was very but good. but what I mean is, you're essentially saying to people when you give them like a D or an E for their art. 
that is a shit piece of art. Yeah. Uh, I can't really give you any creative art. feedback other than just draw better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But on that, on that new scientist article or whatever, wherever it was from, um, I read it, I read it and the, um, it said the following, the birds had been trained to peck at a button for good paintings and do nothing in response to bad works. With never seen works, pigeons picked good paintings twice as often as bad paintings, a statistically significant difference. Wow. But is that really statistically significant? Well, I, I can only bow down to uh, Mr. Watanabe's uh, kind of own best practice. I mean, why is he doing sure this? Is he getting what? funding for this? I don't know. Well, he's a Japanese psychologist. I mean, there are bigger problems than the Japanese. Highest suicide rate in the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've been looking at pigeons. Oh, pigeons. Been yeah. pigeons, mate. Don't worry about it, yeah? I've been looking at pigeons and art. <laughs> it's a pressing matter. <laughs> there we go. Wow. Uh, Robbie. Uh, we'll wrap things up with Robbie's, I think. That's all right with you. Um, insect day. Do you know what insect day is, uh, Luke? Yes, I do, yeah. Do you, did you have insect days? Yes, we did, yeah. Oh, we didn't have that. We just had teacher training days. Yeah, it's the same thing. I know it's the same thing, yeah. but like, it's the way that, the, yeah. Uh, but the, 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 the very much the, um, the meaning of in, in insect day uh, very much hinges on this email. Hey, lads, uh, long-time so listener it, of the show. I was just going to say, it stands for in-service training day. That's where they get it from. And I think oh, te- doesn't it? Yeah. Long-time listener of the show, and I've realised regrettably that I finally have a contribution to make. Rather than being a stupid thing I've heard, it was actually something stupid I announced. It was the first day back from Christmas break in uh, sixth form, and just as we were settling into our sixth first form, lesson... Sixth form, Pete? He, yeah. He's definitely at least 17. 17, yeah. yeah. Uh, I stupidly announced uh, this. Uh, yeah, it was uh, for, uh, back from uh, Christmas break in sixth form, and just as we were settling into our first lesson, it became obvious that there was a horrible, acrid smell lingering in the classroom. As we all discussed what might have left this awful smell, I proudly announced as the teacher came in uh, that it must be the remains of the fumigating gas that used for insect day. <laughs> Everyone, including the teacher, started doubling over laughing at what I just said as I continued to explain that they might have forgotten to open the windows after they were finished debugging the rooms. Uh, it was at this point uh, when the teacher explained to me that I had been hearing uh, a mishearing insect day my entire life and that it would be hugely impractical and dangerous to industrially fumigate the school a day before term. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think the I'm reason... that. It's, it's amazing. It's an amazing, amazing thing. But he could have styled this out and made out like it was a massive joke, because it's actually quite a funny joke. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he, uh, in, my, in my mind, I've never met Robbie, I don't think, but in my mind, it's just a, a, a child, an adolescent child with a blank look on his face, slowly going really red. Well, to make matters worse, I was sitting next to my teenage crush who seemed to find it even funnier than the rest of the class, who were all in disbelief that I thought schools were fumigated at least once a term. Uh, I hope yeah. you at least enjoy reading this, even if it doesn't make it the show. And I want to stress that. He just likes the new bi-weekly schedule, does Robbie? I mean, I mean that's making it in. I, yeah. That Obviously, that's going to make it in. I mean, there's <laughs> absolutely no way we're not going to include that. Yeah. I mean, they, they should they should fumigate uh, they should fumigate uh, classrooms. It opens up a you know, certainly after we have to fumigate the studio after you've been here with your bare feet. <laughs> hey. um, so this this also potentially opens up a really rich seam for the Luke and Pete show, which is um, the worst way you've embarrassed yourself at school. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got to be a lot of good stories out there. Um, and if you like that sort of thing, by the way. Birkin's still revisited on one of our other shows. Oh yeah, is is great for that. A girl who reads out her teenage diaries from when she was fourteen or fifteen or whatever, uh, and there's a lot of cringing in that. But I love that sort of stuff. <laughs> That's um, Birkin's still revisited, which you can get on iTunes. Yeah, what a seamless plug for that. But get on it. Hello at LukeandPeacher.com if you want to get in touch with your imba- the most embarrassed you've been at school. Yeah, um, we've all been there, and Pete and I will put our heads together and think of a way that we were embarrassed. I remember when I uh, called the the teacher. Hitler. I mean, ma'am. I mean, ma'am. Yeah. Mother. Yeah. Yeah. 
take that's Japanese psychologist. Mm. Uh, yeah, I've probably suppressed them one. I'll have to go. You know what I have to do with this sort of stuff? I have to go and call my mum. You were the school bully. I, I uh, was <laughs> not. You always say that. I was not the school I don't bully. Always say that. I was like, much worse than that. <laughs> Mine was more psychological. Yeah. Um, yeah. Get in touch with the show at hello at lukeandpeteshow We'll be back on Thursday for we more will. Luke and Pete Show fun to guide you through the week. Yes. Hit that button. There we go. DJ, spin it. <laughs> <laughs> while someone reverses it. Mm. DJ spin it while we're the whitest men ever. <laughs> 